here is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Ah, good morning. Oh, you know what, folks? We are live from Grand Rapids, Michigan, high atop West Michigan, in fact. Sun is shining. We're gearing up for a big Independence Day weekend. It's Justin Barkley in for Glenn Beck today on the Glenn Beck Program and a jam-packed, explosive show for you today. Some of the big stories, in fact, the stories of this past week, but the January 6th Circus Side Show that continues. It's rolling through town and all the clowns have joined in. Julie Kelly joins us coming up in just a moment to give us the latest update on some of these stories in a bizarre and strange FBI tie-in you may not hear anywhere else that's coming up after this. hear me talk about my love all the time for my pillow and my sheets and i've had the best sleep of my life honestly and mike lindell has done it again with his my slippers he took over two years to develop these he ensured that they weren't just any ordinary slipper these slippers are made with three-tier cushioning system two layers my pillow foam and a layer of impact gel to prevent fatigue and offer all-day comfort it's embarrassing for my children but i love them and i can wear them indoors outdoors when i bring them places oh they love it and i love it too because they're comfortable for a limited time you're going to save 90 dollars on a pair of my slippers the blowout sale of the year won't last so order right now it's even great to stock up for future gifts for family and friends just log on to mypillow.com click on radio listener specials use the promo code back to receive this incredible limited time offer call right now 800-966-3117 or go to mypillow.com promo code back it's justin barkley and for glenn beck today on the glenn beck program you can reach out send me a message direct to me if you go to justin barkley b-a-r-c-l-a-y.com Justin Barkley, or try to jump on at triple eight seven two seven back VECK. So we've been watching never a dull moment these days. The fireworks continue in the news cycle. It is constantly moving. This time of year, normally it's kind of quiet, right? Everybody's taking some time off to be with their family, light some fireworks. Hopefully, you come back with all your fingers, and you're going to have a hot dog, and uh, you know, really take a moment to reflect on the greatness of this country, its founders, and of course. How we got here. Well, because we're experiencing a dumpster fire uh, right now of an administration, and of course, everything else that we are going through. Um, I think it's time to reflect and find out how we got here. One of those things that we're, we're, we're looking at is being shoved right in our face. The January 6th show, the circus side show. All the clowns have come to town. And in fact, uh, somebody who's been paying close attention to this is Julie Kelly. She's an author at uh, American Greatness. She's actually written the book on January 6th. It's called January 6th. Uh, How Democrats Use the Capitol Protest to Launch a War on Terror Against the Political Right. Julie, I appreciate you being here with us today. How are you? I'm great, Justin. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. So we've had a wild week that's for sure. Uh, 
I don't know some of this stuff. I mean, you can't, you could, you just, I, I thought to myself, you can't make this up. And then I thought, oh, wait, um, <laughs> maybe, right. maybe some of it they did. Uh, here's Cassidy Hutchinson, by the way. She was testifying uh, this, this last week in a bizarre, one of the most bizarre stories I've ever heard about. President Trump doing something that resembled something like out of an action or a Jason Bourne movie. This is some of the testimony. When I the White House, I walked upstairs towards the chief of staff's office, and I noticed Mr. Renato lingering outside of the office. Once we had made eye contact, he quickly waved me to go into his office, which was just across the hall from mine. So then she talks about how they waved her in and some of the hearsay she heard about some bizarre incident. When the president got in the beast, he was under the impression from Mr. Meadows that the off-the-record movement to the Capitol was still possible and likely to happen, but that Bobby had more information. So once the president had gotten into the vehicle with Bobby, he thought that they were going up to the Capitol, and when Bobby had relayed to him, we're not, we don't have the assets to do it, it's not secure, we're going back to the West Wing. The president had very strong, a very angry response to that. Um, Tony described him as being irate. <laughs> the president said something to the effect of, I'm the effing president. Oh. Take me up to the Capitol now. Of course he did. Now, I and it, at some point he reaches up. She says he tries to grab the steering wheel. He tries to put one of them in like a, 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 some sort of a headlock or chokehold or something. Julie, this is just laughable in so many ways the secret service they were never asked about this and now that they have been by multiple people they deny that any of this ever happened and these folks don't want to come to terms with reality and they did, did the january 6th circus sideshow jump the shark this week um yes actually i tweeted that how funny <laughs> yeah. that um liz cheney is the new Fonzie for uh, <laughs> Gen X kids will understand that. Um, it, it feels anyway, like it, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. And I think that even the committee recognizes what a huge mistake this was. I mean, look, Cassidy Hutchinson is a 25-year-old young woman. She graduated from college in 2019. She was an intern for Senator Cruz and Representative Scalise. Benny Thompson made it sound like, she, you know, she ran both of those offices before she mm. landed in the White House as an aide. Wow. Um, mm. And so, but you know, Justin, she's sort of this typical young woman in Washington, D.C., overinflating her importance, which is not unusual in politics. Um, mm. But then as soon as her testimony ended, it started to unravel. And not only is this account that she gave in dispute with both men offering to testify the Secret Service, offering up any official to testify um, the Secret Service, also acknowledging that the committee did not come to that agency before her testimony to verify whether or not it was true. There are other aspects of it, a, a memo, a little note that was written. She said that she wrote, but White House lawyer Eric Hirschman came out and said, she didn't write that note. That's my handwriting. I wrote it. Um, and now it also appears that this alleged conversation she had with White House counsel Pat Cipollone also didn't happen because Jack Kosobiec reported that uh, Pat Cipollone wasn't in the White House the morning. Wasn't even there. Uh, I wasn't even there. Politico <laughs> has a story. Politico has a story up today that the text that they showed in the committee hearing. Uh, trying to portray them as someone threatening the witness, 
they removed Cassidy Hutchinson's name, but it was allegedly text that she received and that she sent. So why all of the chicanery here? I mean, aren't we on a fact-finding mission? So Mm. I think that uh, Liz Cheney and the committee is really on their heels after this one. President Trump has actually come out and talked about it. Uh, I think it was a Newsmax. He had this to say. The other thing about this woman, she wanted to work for me after January 6th. She was a big Trump fan. She wanted to work for me in Florida. And we chose not to bring her down because I got very bad things. I hardly knew her. And I said, well, if she's no good, I got somebody called up, numerous people, that she's not good. I won't say why that she's not good, but uh, plenty of reasons. Why? I'm not going to say that, but I'm going to say that she was not respected by the people in the White House. So they thought she shouldn't go down. I was going down to Florida with a group of people, great group of people, Mm -hmm. patriots. And her name was thrown out there and they said, keep, stay away from her. They said bad things about her. And then I see her and I again, I hardly know who she is. And then I see this woman getting up and she's making up stories like one after another. But the craziest of all was that I tried to commandeer, I think they used that word, I tried to commandeer uh, a car with Secret Service agents telling them to take to take us down to the Capitol. It was totally false. And that a person can get away with it. And then I watch the Times and the Washington Post and I watch, uh, I get reviews on MSDNC and CNN. They hardly even talk about the fact that she's been totally discredited. It's it's wild to watch this, but this whole thing, Julie, you've been covering this at length in American Greatness in the blog, and and, and this whole thing has been absent of fact and and really absent of any of the other side. I mean, they call it bipartisan, but there's no real question or pushback from any of the so-called Republicans, Kensinger and Cheney, uh, on that uh, on that panel. You don't hear any of the questions about. You know, we ought to know what happened. Security risks. Why wasn't the National Guard called out? Why why weren't the Capitol Police prepared and ready? And and one of the things that I saw the other day that was particularly troubling to me that had finally come out, and and this poor guy had, had just passed away, apparently, but uh, the Senate Sergeant of Arms had come out and, and made a very, I think, a very critical statement that's just sort of been swept under the rug nobody's addressing it and i think we ought to know exactly what happened because in fact what he said was that there was something big that took place on the 6th and nobody's talking about it listen to this part of this from a a bit of a testimony earlier from him there's an opportunity to learn lessons from the events of january 6th investigation should be considered as to the funding and traveling, what appears to be professional agitators. Investigation should take place into what appears to be the funding and traveling of professional agitators. Julie, not a peep from this this so-called committee on this deal. Um, no. And, you know, uh, I said over and over, Justin, you probably know this from following me. If January 6th was as horrible as they say, comparable to 9-11, Pearl Harbor, Oklahoma City bombing. Why do they have to keep lying about it? They're lying to inflate what happened, to go after Donald Trump, to justify criminal charges against him, which I believe this DOJ will bring before Election Day, but also to cover up really what happened on January 6th. 
which was an orchestrated inside job, which is why the Capitol was not protected by either Nancy Pelosi, the U.S. Mm. Capitol Police, and Muriel Bowser. That place was crawling with undercover agents from numerous um, law enforcement agencies, federal and local, which, Justin, if the claim, also outlandish claim that Cassidy Hutchinson made, that there were men with AR-15s, they, Liz Cheney played some sort of chatter uh, from police transmissions that this was happening. Why in the world would there be allowed men with AR-15s within uh, near the, the proximity of the White House? I mean, who was responsible mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. disarming those men, if that's true? But because yeah. this is a, an exercise in covering up, just like the Robert Mueller probe covered up FISA, Russia, Spygate. This is to cover up how many of those same interests, Justin, orchestrated, planned, and executed the events of January 6th so we could see the consequences. They could get the political results of that day as we're now seeing more than eight, almost 18 months later. Uh, Julie, let me, I got to take a break here, but when I come in, there's a strange tie in here with the FBI and I'm not sure if people have even heard this story yet, but we'll talk about it coming up here in just a second. And we've got an update actually in it out of Michigan right after this Barkley and for Beck on the Glenn Beck program. If you're living with aches and pains, especially if they're frequent and nagging and relentless, I want you to take a moment and think back to the last time you really felt good. Can you even remember what it felt like? Now, here's even a more important question. What would you give to go back to feeling like that again? Maybe it would just be nice to take a stroll with your loved one or play with your grandchildren. I've suffered from persistent, crippling pain almost all the time for about five years. When I started taking Relief Factor, I took it because my wife made me start taking it. I didn't think it would work for me. Yet here I am today, virtually pain-free, doing the things I love to do, all thanks to my wonderful wife and Relief Factor. I love that it's not a drug, but it was developed by doctors, and about 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. Are you part of that 70% that can get your life back? Your first step to becoming pain-free just might be to order the three-week quick start for only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. Find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. relieffactor.com so it's a bizarre story and a strange connection but uh julie this is this is a connection with the fbi january 6th and a alleged kidnapping plot of the governor of michigan in fact there's an update in this uh as well so what what happened just in a nutshell what happened here briefly so yesterday there was a status hearing um, before Judge Yonker in Grand Rapids Federal Courthouse. The remaining two defendants in the Whitmer FBI concocted Whitmer kidnapping hoax, um, their lawyers filed a motion to dismiss the charges against the two remaining defendants, Adam Fox and Barry Croft Jr. Uh, Judge Yonker uh, denied those motions. So those two men will go back, will be retried. The trial date is set for August 9th um, of this year. Um, So it's just shocking that the government is going to proceed with this because the other two men, Brandon Caserta and Daniel Harris, were acquitted on charges of conspiring to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer amid a 
their defense argument that the FBI entrapped these men. Mm. Adam Fox and Barry Kopp Jr. got a hung jury, so a mistrial was declared, and the government is going to now try to convince a jury not six men conspired to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer, now four men conspired to kidnap her. The other two men took plea deals. But this is going to be more of an uphill battle for the government than it was the first time because you're going to have to tie together these four men who really had nothing to do with each other before the FBI got together and stitched this group together. Mm. Uh, Both of the men who pleaded guilty uh, testified to the jury and it backfired because they basically recanted their initial statements to the FBI, which was there was no conspiracy to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer. They came back and said that there was because in exchange for the plea deal, they'll get lower prison sentences, et cetera, et cetera. So this is going to be another explosive trial. As you know, Justin, I covered the trial very closely um, leading up to the trial. And then, of course, the three-week trial uh, in, uh, that started in March. And um, it's just fascinating. And this is the most underreported story of the year. I mean, this should be major headlines in every national news organization about what has happened with what the government considers one of its biggest domestic terror investigations in decades. And the government was got a humiliating loss in that uh, Grand Rapids courtroom on April 8th. And now they're going to continue in August. It's just uh, it's just pretty astonishing. But we will learn more about the FBI's role uh, because the judge prevented a lot of information uh, from being presented to the jury. I don't think that's going to happen this time. And then you'll have the two men who were acquitted very likely, Daniel Harris and Brandon Caserta, testify probably for the defense in this case and explain all of the uh, intimate roles that these FBI, at least a dozen FBI agents and undercover, uh, excuse me, and informants played in this hoax. Um, So very, very, I just find the whole thing fascinating. Um, So I will be covering that as well. Julie, to think that the FBI would be involved in something like this, I think for most Americans is very, that's very tough to imagine. But, it's not like this hasn't happened before? <laughs> I mean, it, it has happened, right? I mean, the FBI has a history of um, trying to not infiltrate groups, but even create groups, which they actually did in this case as well. Um, I, I sort of a, an, out, um, an appendage of this three percenter group. It was wholly manufactured by the FBI and led by FBI informants. So this has happened. We know that it's happened in the um, Muslim community to support, you know, the war on terror, that the FBI was creating these terrorist uh, plots that they could then break up. But one thing that one of the defense attorneys, Christopher Gibbons, said in his closing remarks was, in this country, we don't create terrorists to arrest terrorists. But that is exactly what the FBI is doing. And, of course, there's a lot of parallels between the Whitmer kidnapping hoax and January 6th, not the least of which was the dress rehearsal at the Lansing Capitol at the end of April 2020, uh, which looks a lot what, of what happened on January 6th. So there's a lot of crossover huh. there as well. Julie Kelly is uh, author with American Greatness, AmericanGreatness.com, the book that she's written on January 6th. you got to pick it up and learn more about the things that you're just not going to read or hear anywhere else. Julie, I appreciate your hard work on this. And of course, if folks want to follow you online, social media, how else can they get a hold of you? 
Um, all my work can be found at amgreatness.com. I'm on Twitter quite a bit, Julie underscore Kelly too, and at True Social, Julie underscore Kelly. Awesome. Julie, thank you so much for uh, fighting for the truth. Rare these days. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on. Have a great morning. God bless. Speaking of the uh, the truth, I had a conversation on my podcast with a man uh, that someone vouched for. A friend of mine said, you've got to talk to him. He is the founder of the Oath Keepers organization. He was arrested. They charged him with sedition. He's locked up in a jail in uh, Virginia. We talked on the phone from jail. Fascinating conversation. You can find that on uh, my podcast, justinbarclay.com, or wherever you grab your podcasts. Just search my name. But he says, ultimately, they believe that this is all about charging Trump to keep him from being able to run in 2024 and beyond. Will that happen? He thinks so. Our conversations continue after this. Barkley and for Beck today in the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. Greetings, naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black, dog lover and founder of Rough Greens here. If your dog has bad breath, something's wrong. If your dog has low energy or itchy, scratchy skin all the time, maybe it has a dull coat, there's something wrong. Many years ago, it became obvious to me that dogs struggle with all kinds of issues and I realized it's because dog food is dead food. That's why I created Rough Greens. It's packed with omega oils, essential vitamins and minerals, powerful probiotics, digestive enzymes, tons of antioxidants. You don't have to change your dog's food to improve your dog's health. Just add a scoop of Rough Greens. It's super easy, and over a little bit of time, you'll see your dog change right before your eyes. I'm so confident that Rough Greens will help your dog. My dog and I are going to offer you a free Jumpstart trial bag so your dog can try it before you buy it. You just cover the shipping. Order your free Jumpstart trial bag today by going to roughgreens.com. That's R-U-F-F-Greens.com. The truth that mainstream media can't handle. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. It is uh, it is a dumpster fire. You, you look around, everything from gas to groceries is gone through the roof. And um, in, fa- in fact, he was just asked about it. The resident, Uncle Joe, just asked about it. And the question is, uh, how long is it fair to expect Americans to pay a premium for this war? Particularly, you know, the gas they're talking about, it's there. Now, these prices have been going up since the day he took office. He wants to blame Russia, Russia, Russia. And one reporter says, well, wait a minute. How long is it fair to expect the average America to put up with all this? How long is it fair to expect American drivers and drivers around the world to pay that premium for this war? As long as it takes. So Russia cannot, in fact... Defeat Ukraine and move beyond Ukraine. As long as it takes. That's not hopeful. <laughs> that's that's not reassuring. That's not what you want to hear. Hey, it's Justin Barkley in for Glenn Beck today on the Glenn Beck program. Uh, these are the things that are right 
staring us right in our face every day. Voters are going to the polls here in the midterms, particularly. It won't be the January 6th hearings. It'll be the things that are hitting us in our pocketbooks and our wallets, of course. It'll be the things that we're having to confront on a daily basis. And for a lot of folks, it was what we went through the last couple of years. For parents, what they're witnessing happening in schools. Everything from pandemic overreaction to some of the most divisive and and evil things. Sexuality been taught to their kids in schools. Parents are stepping up. They're fighting back from sea to shining sea. DeSantis leading that fight in Florida. And of course... We're seeing it back home where we are, too, in Michigan. Um, Just another example. And my hope is to give you these throughout the program today. A.J. Hoff joins us right now. And A.J. is just a father, just an average guy who decided enough was enough. He decided he was going to stand out. Now, he's running for a local office, a county commissioner office. Folks are choosing to maybe run for school board or some extremists are showing up at school board meetings. Uh, But, AJ, I appreciate you being here with us today. How are you? I'm doing well, Justin. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm doing very well. How are you doing? Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Watching people come together and and, uh, join in, stand up, wherever it might be in their particular place. I got to ask you your background because I know this is not like what you ever expected to be doing, even a, a year or so back. But what's your background, AJ? You know, that's a good question, man, because I, I did not expect to be here in Michigan running for local office. I, I'm born and raised in Washington, D.C., uh, to families who are from West Africa. My mom and dad are from Liberia, West Africa. Um, mom and dad were in school in D.C. when they uh, when they got married and had me. Um, but uh, a couple years into that marriage, you know, um, my great uncle became um, president at my birth, became president in 1971. So mom, after school, moved back to Liberia um, and worked, you know, with my uncle's company. Uh, then in 1980, uh, he was assassinated. You know, we had a real insurrection in Liberia where it wasn't just protests. Um, uncle was assassinated. All 13 members of the cabinet were executed at firing squad. So at that time, um, my mom had my little sister and I uh, leave the country. My mother was on house arrest because uh, she was an accountant. She you know, was close to my great uncle, and they thought she knew where money and those things were. Uh, my mom had to sneak out of Liberia on a Swiss air flight because she had befriended some, some Swiss air um, workers, and they, they snuck her out on a flight to New York where she met us. So, you know, um, I'm born in the U.S., I have roots from Africa, but, uh, you know, I'm a D.C. guy. I've lived in New York, D.C., Boston most of my life, and I met my wife, who was a Michigander. I met her in D.C., and, uh, and when, I, when I saw Grand Rapids in West Michigan, I, I had to make the move. Um, you know, I, I'm a father. You know, I have five daughters. I have a 22-year-old daughter. I have 19-year-old triplet daughters and a 9-year-old daughter. So, for me, coming to West Michigan was a good place to raise family, to have family values. Uh, never thought about running for office or anything like this, but uh, the hour came uh, during the pandemic, man. It was just, we were just fed up, just fed so up. What do you, what so do, you for do for me, a career or, or what have you done previously in your career? So, you know, mo- most of my life, I, um, I was an evangelist. So I started churches um, all over the Eastern United States. I started, I moved to South Africa 
there where I started churches all over Southern Africa. So for most of my early childhood, or not childhood, but early career, uh, 20 to 40, I was, I was preaching the gospel, planting churches uh, throughout Africa, Southern Africa, all the way from Namibia to Madagascar, uh, building teams, uh, left the ministry, came back to corporate America, where now um, I, I run teams, you know, um, I run sales teams, I motivate folks, get them to be their best. So that's what I do. That's, it's, that's what's in me. I help people become their best. AJ Hoff, uh, just a dad who decided it was time to, to stand up and take some action. Let me, let me ask you, AJ, because hearing your past and in, in everything you've must have seen and in, in, in experienced in your life and the perspective, the, the viewpoint you have, um, and listening to, to, to what you said, the fact that you were an evangelist, how much does your faith play a role in, in your decision to stand up? I want to talk more about why you did here in a minute, but how much did the faith play in, in that role? You know, it plays 100% because, you know, I didn't know what conviction was until I met Jesus. I didn't know what standing up for your beliefs was until I read it in the scriptures. I didn't really know what that was. And, and also, I didn't know what standing up against popular culture was until you read about Jesus. And so for me, um, it, it all plays in there. It's in the conviction piece. You know, Acts 4, what does Acts 4 say? It says when they saw the apostles, they realized that these were ordinary, unschooled men, but they had conviction. You know, they had a sense of, we believe something. And for me, politics, we've gotten away from leaders who have conviction, who believe something. It's just go along, get along now. It's not right. And so for me, uh, like I said, I wasn't thinking about anything political. And then I met, um, so... I met a, a lady named Katie DeBoer. Katie right now is running for uh, uh, commissioner in District 4 uh, here in uh, Kent County. Uh, I live next to uh, Katie's cousin, and her cousin and I would share, which would share convictions. We'd share our stories. And then I, her cousin told Katie, you've got to meet AJ. And so then Katie brought me to Tom Antor, who's the current um, District 2 commissioner. And then through Tom Antor, I, I met our Kent contract dot com group uh can't contract.com you know i met mark jordan who's running in district one i met bill hirsch who's running in district 10 nick prill district 13 mark laws so I, I, i'm meeting all these people I, I met stephanie boom district five who's a mom of six just got fed up we're just a bunch of folks who are fed up with government that just goes along and gets along it's it's, it's more now party politics over constitution i'm sick of it AJ, what 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 was it that made you want to run? Was it the, your kids? Was it, you know, was it something specific in particular that you saw that you said, okay, mm-hmm. this is where I draw the line? Yeah, you know, it's it's number one. The schools are trying to educate my kids. It's not the school's job to teach my kids about life. Teach my kids curriculum, but now when you want to introduce my kids to sexuality, it's not the school's job. That's my job. When you want to introduce my kids to uh, birth control and all these things and, and, and their, their genders, that's not the school's job. And, and what I'm seeing, Justin, is our local government is just sort of giving into this pop culture of where we're heading now. You know, every, we don't know whether somebody's a boy or a girl. That's their issue. 
but don't infiltrate that on my family or my rights. And that's what I think the, the issue is. Everybody in America has a right to be who they want to be, but you can't make that policy. Don't put your stuff on the rest of us who don't have those beliefs. So it was that. It was just um, creating an America that my kids can live in and be free and be who they want to be uh, without the agenda. Um, it's just been too much. You know, the agenda, when I came in with this, the whole mask mandate, uh, uh, the vaccine mandate, you know, if somebody is afraid of a virus, then let them do what they want. But don't make it law or 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 or, or, or a thing where we all have to do it. That's why I draw the line, Justin. Um, they're putting their agendas on us, and, and Americans have stopped being free. We have the greatest country in the world. I know some folks want to want to say things about America. Go right ahead. But I've lived in Africa. I've worked in Asia. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm born and raised in America. I've lived a lot of places. This is a pretty good country. And so we have to protect our future. So that's that's why I'm running. Have you faced any sort of backlash? We're talking with A.J. Hoff right now. Just an average dad who's stood up. I mean, he's had a pretty extraordinary life, it sounds like, in a lot of ways. But he stood up and said, you know, enough is enough. And he's running at a county level here uh, in Michigan. But have you faced any backlash? Have you had any, any, anything hit you? Uh, anyone trying to silence you? Have you faced any challenges yet? Yes, I have. You know, I, I think I've faced backlash uh, since I would say probably the early 90s um, with my political views. You know, I've always been an American first. So if the candidate, in my view, is all about America, I'll go with it. You know, as a black man growing up in Washington, D.C., it was sort of taboo to vote for George Bush. That was taboo. You voted for who? And so I started early on seeing that they want to divide the country. They want to divide us. You go to this party, you go to this party. If you're this race, you got to vote this way. And I'm like, what about just being Americans? Uh, so even now, you know, I'm against the CRT program. I'm against it. And I've had some pushback. Like, how can you as a black man be against CRT? And, I, and, I, and I've expressed my views. We're at a point, Justin, where in this country, I'm tired of just pointing out the problems. I'm running for office right now to be part of the solution. So if, if we feel like um, we've had a racial past in this country, okay, I think we all know it. I don't need my kids in a classroom learning that over again. I want to teach my kids solutions. So one of my friends say, well, you know, uh, we have a high prison population. I said, okay, well, studies show that the least number or the least group in prisons are those who own their businesses. Instead of just going and talking about the racial problems in America, how about we teach these kids how to start their own business? Because the studies can't lie. The kids own their business, they don't go to prison. You know, if we have a problem with the police, okay, well, how about we have community policing courses? How about we have cadet programs where we have junior high kids, high school kids, they can become cadets in their local police departments to see that all police aren't the demons. So the CRT isn't trying to teach that. All they want to do is say, this group right here is the problem and they're racist and they want to hold down people of color. And, and that's not going to help the union grow. And 
got a problem with it. And I've had some backlash. But when I talk about solutions, nothing's, there's no pushback from them. All they want to do is state, this is the problem, this is the racial problem, and we're the victim. I'm not here running for office because I'm a victim. No, no, I choose to, to make a difference, Justin. So, yeah, I've had some pushback on that. Um, you know, I'm pro-life. I don't, I don't believe we should be aborting babies. That's my viewpoint. And if somebody disagrees, that's them. But I think we have a lot of local people, local government, state, federal, they don't want to tell you where they stand. You're never going to have to guess where A.J. Hoff stands. You never have to guess where Jesus stood, right? And so, and so the pushback is coming, but I feel like our can't contract group, we're ready for the pushback. You know, when I got a A.J. Hoff, uh, A.J., I appreciate you being here with us. Uh, just a dad who has said enough is enough. He's, he's standing up in his own way. Before I let you go, because i got to run, what would you say quickly yeah. in 30 seconds to people that are considering uh, standing up in their own way? What would you say to them? I'll let you give some advice when we come back after the break here. We'll be back right after this. Justin Barkley in for Glenn Beck today on the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. Miss a day, miss a lot. Visit blazetv.com today and never miss a moment of truth. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for healthcare can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 866-89-BIBLE. That's 866-89-BIBLE. 866-89-BIBLE. Barkley and for Beck, just 30 seconds here, AJ. But if f- folks are thinking, I, I need to do something, I need to stand up, they feel that call, 30 seconds of quick advice for them. I'd say, you know what, folks? The Republican Party is changing. It's time to you guys vote for a new breed of Republican leaders. The party's changing. It's been changing since the Tea Party days. We're fed up with the old system. Uh, I thank you for guys like Tom Antor or Stan Postine for inspiring a new breed of leaders to want to wanna stand up and lead. Vote for folks who, who stood against the mask mandates. Vote for folks who are against the vaccine mandates. Uh, vote for folks who are going to help you keep your Second Amendment rights. Uh, vote for folks who are going to be government uh, is for the people and by the people. Uh, AJ Hoff, thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate you taking the time to, to chat with you. God bless. This is folks are standing the up. Back program.